When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. CentrusFCU.org. That's the website you need to go to if you're uh, maybe looking to change banks, looking for some trusted local people to work with your money. It's centrist. Uh, better yet, if you're looking for a way to save some money, they have mm-hmm. their centrist roundup program right now. You just get enrolled in it and then they do all the work for you. So every time you make a purchase with your debit card, it rounds up to the next dollar. Even if it's $25 and five cents, 95 cents goes to your savings account. See how that works. So no matter what the price, it just rounds up to the next dollar and puts it in your savings account. So you don't even feel it. And the next thing you know, you have a savings. You have a savings account with money in it. Really super easy. They can help you do it. Stop by and see them in person or like Pat said, drop by the website. There's a ton of information on there, plus more information on their Roundup program. Call them. 402 333 insured, by the way, and CUA. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. That's very important these days. <laughs> um, or So the savings account can also be used for massages. I got another email, got another text oh. from my favorite massage parlor in Lincoln. Our text number is 402-403-9478. Um, it says, hello. And they actually put their address on it this time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can we Google that? Uh-huh. Google I that? already did. It's legit. Well, it's a, it's a legit address. We'll say that. I'm not going to say it's a legit massage parlor. Uh, hello, dear friend. If you have time, come on over for a massage when you're not too busy. It's helpful. Period. Blood circulation is important. We help with blood circulation. Thank you for your intention. Thank you for your attention. And it gives your address and their phone number. So they're worried about your blood circulation. I'm sure they are. That's a selling point. That is. <laughs> Again, highlighting probably a language barrier, but it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. But it is a, it is a legit address. Huh? That's it's a crazy. legit, legit address with a storefront, everything. Not saying it's a legit massage parlor, but it's a legit attempt, whatever. A legit front, anyway. Hmm, yeah. Goodness. All right. Um I guess really we we have a uh, special guests that join us, Sean Johnston, um, with the Time Out podcast, which is on the Herdet Media Network. Uh, he started doing a podcast with us earlier this year, last year. Gosh, what day? What day year. is it? It's April. Yeah, was it the end of twenty three or twenty two or the beginning of twenty three. I don't remember when he started it, but we have a long history with him, and you'll hear us make mention of his sister uh, in the conversation too, because his sister was um, one of our very first producers many moons ago uh, on our radio show. She was the one yeah. who drove Nelson around while he was in the trunk and the trunk was filled with hammers and she drove him over speed bumps. So Over speed bumps. Yep. Yeah. So she learned a lot being <laughs> our producer and that's why she's not in radio that's anymore. That's right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a compliment or not that she's, I mean, she's smart. Um, she's a pharmacist. So that's Might like, have been whatever. a waste of her skills. I was going to say, because now she works in a pharmacy. So. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I should be not doing this anymore, driving people around in a car filled with hammers. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it helped her. You just never know. Um, but anyway, um, and you'll hear us talk more about what what Sean does uh, and, and just he and, and uh, Zach and what they do with official officials in the state of Nebraska. And we were talking about 
you know, how do you end up with the right officials at every baseball game, softball game, you know, high school, uh, intramural, summer leagues, um, just across the board, mm-hmm. you know, all the sports. And it's like, oh, there's actually there's actually some uh, some organization behind that chaos um, that, yeah. <laughs> that keeps everything running straight. Right. But and one of the things we talked to them about, and unfortunately, it was before this weekend. I mean, it's just when we talked to them on Thursday. Yes, yeah, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday <sighs> last week. Just, I mean, yeah, it was before the final. It was before the final four games. So it was Friday or Saturday, Friday or Thursday. I think Thursday. Yeah, and and uh, the women's NCAA also going on. They wrapped up yesterday, and Iowa losing to LSU. Um, and it was a hell of a game. And just by the way, how popular the women's NCAA tournament was this year. The final games. And especially that last game, tickets were going for 450 bucks Jeez. for the women's game. They're going for 50 for the men's. Wow. For the final, it's only 50 bucks for the guys? The games, the, yeah. Jeez. They're, they're tickets, you can get tickets for 50 bucks. Oh, okay. The cheapest tickets you could get for the women's was 450 Dang, that's pretty awesome. And it was a huge, and, and the, the just looking at the buildup behind these two teams, Iowa has some real stars. Um, and I think the one, what was her name? Caitlin Clark, I think was her name. Yeah. And then there was, uh, Angel Reese was the one that played for LSU. Like there, those were the, the, the big names, right? Caitlin, and one of the best some... shooters I've seen in a long time, man, woman, oh. child, whatever. She was un. Did you see that other girl that played there? was other, and I don't know her name and she hit like five threes in a row. I didn't see it. Just on fire. LSU's team was, I mean, Iowa, Kept coming back and then it was, kept coming back and then it was like, oh my God, they're they're so close and they'd get they'd get within you know ten. They were holding their own. Then they then they'd pull. Then LSU would pull ahead like by fifteen or twenty. And then Iowa would scrape back up again. You know, it was just like it was a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. But there were definitely some calls of uh, quote unquote, no pun intended, foul uh, when it came to the officials and some of the calls that were made and a couple of technicals that were called. Uh, one of the technicals that was called against uh, Caitlin Clark was because she just like dropped the game ball. You know, she was she was walking over to talk to her team and and just like threw the game ball behind her, and so it went out of bounds. And she got a technical called on her because she didn't throw it to a ref. But the problem is, is the way the rule re- and I didn't know this. The way the rule reads is that would be considered a delay of game, except for the fact they were in a timeout. It was a dead ball, so it wasn't. It didn't exactly delay the game by her just dropping the ball and and it going behind her and going out of bounds. So. It was it was interesting because there was a lot of calls that was like, well, why'd you call that? But you didn't call this or uh-huh. why'd you, you know, it was, it was just it was it was tense. It was tense. And LSU's coach, she spends a lot of time on the floor, <laughs> yeah, she like, does. <laughs> like on the floor, like while they're playing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> right. And that to me, that's technical worthy, but not like but the yes. dropping the ball behind you is not. It was it was just so there were a lot of people and then a lot of people were bringing up uh, and I say a lot, the people that I follow, um, but people that was watching some of the trends that were on there because that's what got me my attention at first because I was watching it and it was exciting. And then I'm seeing all these people going, oh, you're wondering why X, Y, Z has happened. Take a look at this. And then it shows you the odds and how much money was bet on each team for the over under how much money was bet, you know, for the final score, how much money was just bet in general, you know, win or lose. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a couple of gambling sites, you know, were like, if you're wondering why this is happening, take a look at this, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Wink, wink. You know and I'm like? Okay. Something's up. Yeah. What is going on? (laughs) So, but it was a great game and Iowa should be proud. They, they really should. Oh man, they were incredible, incredible tournament run. Great team all year, but incredible tournament run. They should be proud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was a fun game to watch. Definitely was. And and um it was it was still still pretty cool for them to be there. 
uh, in the final, in the final yeah. two. But anyway, so yeah, we talked to the guys last week and um, we're just going to run that for you. So you can, you can hear kind of what, what they do. And it's, if you've got a kid that plays sports, you're going to want to hear this. So one of our new podcasts on our network at Herd App Media is called Time Out with Sean Johnston. And Sean is in the studio with us with a guest this morning. I'll let you do the introductions. Hi, my name is Sean Johnston with Time Out with PSOA. PSOA stands for Premier Sports Officials Association. And we're based out of Omaha, Nebraska. And the main purpose of the podcast is to help share stories, educate not only officials, but coaches, players, and fans. So when they're out at the sporting events, there's more understanding of what all those parties go through and mistakes Mm -hmm. are going to be made, but hopefully there's an understanding why mistakes are made and a lot of myths and sports and rules are shared on the podcast to stop the yelling at sports officials. I love the idea. (laughs) I love when I heard about your concept for your show, I'm like, this is perfect. This is something that we all need. Sports fans need something like this. And I didn't think there's anything out there like it. Yeah. And who's sitting to your right? And to my right is Zach Hunnell, a proud member of Premier Sports Officials Association. Um, He's really the the brains of the marketing and advertising of Time Out with PSOA because I have the knowledge and he's got the expertise in how to get the knowledge out to the the public. So Zach... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I I just try to do a little part um, in helping Sean out because I've I've uh, I got started with PSOA about four years ago. I've learned so much from Sean. It's just um, it I, it felt right to help him pass on that knowledge to anybody who um, wanted to see it. So I was just trying to do a little part and helping him pass that pass it along. So thanks for having us. Now this this covers a lot of territory, Pat. I yeah. mean, it's like, and for people that that you know, just trying to get it, wrap their heads around what it is that you actually do. There is a centralized location where all the officials for so many sporting events come from, and and you. This is a lot of territory, both in the number of people and and literally in geography that you cover. Yep. So a lot of what I do, I do football, basketball, baseball, softball, and volleyball. What ages are these for mostly? Eight and under recreation, all the way up to summer college professional and indoor football as well. If people in the Omaha area uh, go and watch the Omaha Beef, those officials are underneath our umbrella of recruiting, training, educating, and developing. How, how are you guys connected with the association? Is this like a requirement that a, an official that works at these games has to be associated with you like somebody can't walk in off the street and say hey i'll do it for 20 bucks less and you know we'll pull you in um that they have to have training obviously but are you like the game in town so i would be i'm one of the games in town um when i started premier sports i started it because there wasn't a a foundation to recruit and train officials and as people have found out what we do it's accountability is really what it is so anybody that wants to sports officiate, yeah, they could come to me off the street and we give them a checklist. All right, you got to get a uniform. You got to get equipment. Got to go to this training session. And there's some sports officials within one year, they're on high school level games, college level games. There's other sports officials who just like to do it at a hobby and they love being around eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, and 12-year-olds, and that's their niche. Um, so it, a lot of the contracts that we get now they come to us because they know what we do how we do it and we're not going to be perfect 
but there's a, a system in place to help to foster development and growth. That's so much more uniform than just trying to find, uh, keep a running list of like a short list of people that are available, you know, or something. I mean, that's kind of how it used to be, wasn't it? it like, yeah. That like, hey, Pat, can your dad come officiate this yeah, game like, next Friday? Like, no joke. Yeah. yeah. It's pulling a dad off the out of the stands. <laughs> hey, do you know baseball? Okay, bring it out. You know, like mm-hmm. now we get a more of a, uh, we try to say the same message, the same tone every time we, you know, he sends a, an umpire to a game or a, an official to any game. I mean, it sort of reminds me of your brother, Adam. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam didn't. Adam didn't umpire. He was a coach for a long time, and then he. It was just kind of a. I I, I asked him if he wanted to to come umpire with me, and he's a way better umpire than I am because he gets out there and just kind of knew, knew the rules, but didn't have the formal training. Gets a little bit of the training, and he's off and running like just. It's 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 um it's amazing. I'm sure it takes a certain personality. Uh, to a degree, but then, you know, there's some people who are really good with the rules and really good with understanding and being fair, but, but maybe don't want to put themselves in that spotlight. Yeah. You, you, here's a dear friend of mine, Dave Perry. I, he was a salesman. That's, that's his life job. And he goes, you do know all you do is sell all day long. Cause at the end of the day, that is the personality of a sports official. You are out there communicating and, trying to sell to both sides what the players did. That's a very um, interesting analogy, comparison. Yeah, There's very True. little judgment in sports officiating. There's tons of communication and salesmanship so people believe what you are telling the audience what the players did actually happened. These are the rules, and that that's just the way it is, right? Absolutely. That's just the way. What is – I know. Okay. Aside, and I know we've mentioned about yelling at yelling from the stands. Um, aside from like yelling from the stands, um, just misconceptions or myths about it, it. What What do you guys run into on the regular? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to go sport by sport. I'll start with football. The the one that always gets yelled at football officials is holding, 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 and there truly is holding on every single play. Uh, but the rule states. You have to restrict, impede not only the opponent, but that then has to affect the overall play. Okay. So if there's a holding by the quarterback, but the person being held actually sacks the quarterback, it's not a foul because the player was still able to do what they wanted to do, tackle the quarterback. Yeah, he didn't cheat big enough. I think it's the the, Um, okay. Then, then going into uh, baseball and, and softball, um, we tie goes to the runner, or tie goes to the defense, or tie goes to the umpire. Well, the rule is if for a runner to be safe at a base, they must beat the ball at the base. So if it truly is a tie by rule, it's out. All right, so you hear tie goes to runner in baseball and softball a lot. So where where do you think that that whole like that's so funny because it's like one of those sayings that everybody's heard, everybody's heard that. So somebody somewhere started that crap, and <laughs> and caused you a lot of grief, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I learned all the myths from my coaches, and I'm sure oh. my coaches learn from their coaches, it, and it's just a translation of knowledge and. What we are told we think is the truth until mm-hmm. we find out 
New troops. Um, the, the two in basketball that I love the most is over the back and reach. You know, parents, coaches, over the back. And, and I'm kind of sarcastic as a sports official. I got to work on that. And I'll, <laughs> I'll tell them, I agree with you. They went over the back, but that's mm-hmm. legal. Um, or they'll say, they reached. I agree with you. And by rule, in the rule book, it says it is legal to reach to make a play on the ball. So when they tell me over the back reach, I'm like, I agree with you. Correct. That's exactly what they did. It's not a foul. Huh. I can't, can't you just hear the people in the crowd over the back, I mean, over yeah. the back. You, I can just hear them. I yeah. Hear I'm the people that are, have, I mean, they, they're fans. So they think they have a limited knowledge of the rules, uh, are it's the, them screaming at you is the equivalent, uh, to me on a Saturday being pissed at a kid that drops a football in Lincoln, like you loser, you know, thinking that <laughs> as I'm sitting there, my belly and like making fun of this elite athlete, like you guys have trained, you know, the rules inside and out, you've studied them all the time in all these different sports. And you have these, uh, people mm-hmm. that are, you know, they're good intentions, they're passionate, but it's like screaming at you and you obviously know that you're right and they're wrong. <laughs> It'd be so frustrating and hard to deal with. It, it's really not as long as you, I mean, fan stands for fanatic. Yeah. And, and just like you were saying, as a fan, and you want every single play, every single action to go your fan's way. And if you don't get your way, it's like my kid at home, temper tantrum. Yeah. You know what? What I, what am I, I love, I love playing basketball in high school. And I loved, I loved John at the ref or at the umpire, John at the umpire, like not being mean or anything, but that was just kind of part of, part of the fun for me. And is say, that, that, say that one more time, a little slower for those in the back. Jawing. Jawing. Yeah. Jawing as opposed to John, John at the umpire. Oh, jawing at the umpire. Yeah, yes. Jawing. Yeah. Like, like getting in their ear. Yeah. And it was fun for, is it, is that ever part of at, at all fun for you guys to get ribbed? If it's not mean. Yeah. It, it depends. I think, I think it goes back to judging intent. Right. If you're in, if your intent is to we know it's good hearted and, and, you know, we're out there to have a good time. I think I think, yeah, we, we enjoy, you know, a, go, a good back and forth. But if your intent is to try to, you know, if you're I don't know, what's a good word for it to show okay, you. Know, Bo Pelini shakes his hat at you. Bo Pelini, remember when he did that? I, <laughs> I, I'm so much different than yeah, most Sean, sports officials. Yeah, Sean's a different cat. Um, I don't take anything personal. Um, so if, if a player is jawing at me, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to take it personal whatsoever. And I, with the intent, it will decide, all right, how am I going to reply back to this player? Is he upset at himself? Is he upset at the situation? Or is he trying to get underneath my skin? And I'll just turn it into a friendly banter back and forth of, oh, you think that wasn't a strike? There's about two more inches on that outside corner. <laughs> That's interesting. What kind of giant did you do, Pat? Uh, well, um, just you suck. <laughs> I mean, it was I'm, I wasn't a very aggressive person. Like, come on, Blue, you suck. The typical, like, Google three most common things you could yell at an umpire, and it was you, you suck. Get glasses whatever. Are you new here? Right. Or something, you know, Big something class. stupid. Yeah. But I remember being there and having like basketball specifically and uh, the fans just constantly from the, the bleachers. And I never, it was never a mean thing. Like I never thought it was mean. It was just part of the game. Um, I've always wondered how officials felt about that. Yeah. I think it's a little different when it comes from uh, an athlete, right? I mm-hmm. think cause they have a lot of emotions going and a lot, you know, they're in the middle of the game. And I think we, so we, we kind of have a higher tolerance for 
when the athlete starts, you know, asking questions or saying something, as opposed to a an adult on, you know, especially in youth sports, an adult on the on the sideline saying something, and then the tolerance for the fans kind of, we do our best to just ignore it and move on because we know we're going to get that. If you mm-hmm. if you are a fan out there and you're telling officials how bad they are, you could do a better job. I always say you are correct. <laughs> I am bad. But yeah. the only way to replace me is you have to become a sports official so you could replace me. That's so what a way to deflate the situation. You are I agree you are with right. you. You are correct. Like yeah. what else can they say back? Yeah. But I volunteered to come out here. Uh-huh. So, you know, I said yes to the opportunity. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window your work can take you all over the place like texas you've never been but it's going to be great because you're staying at la quinta by window their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead and after you can unwind using their free high-speed wi-fi tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book your stay today at lq.com you know i saw something earlier this week uh, and it was, I don't remember what team, it was a Major League Baseball uh, team, it was a catcher, and the ump was getting ready, to, was going to hand the ball to the catcher, um, for whatever, yeah, and he moved his glove, and the ball dropped, and it it looked like it, he did it on purpose, and he got ejected from the game. Is that is that just the culmination of them going back and forth, or other things throughout the game, or is that something that would you literally kick a, a catcher out if he did that to you? Did you see this? I, I, I saw only the one clip, and this is why I love social media. But sometimes it. And that's all I saw too. Me. That's all I saw too. That is one clip. all you saw. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know anything about the situation except the umpire was going to give the ball to the catcher. Catcher moved his glove, and the umpire deemed he was showing up the umpire, so the umpire ejected the catcher. But that had to be like the straw that broke the mm-hmm. camel's back. You, you're not going to just eject. Correct. On one. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I was. But, so he was a new catcher coming into the game. He's he. This is it. That was his first inning, and he was he he put his he put his glove up and back to look or to get the ball like he would, and he didn't look at the umpire. Well, the umpire didn't look at the catcher either, so they weren't looking at each other. They did it based off timing. Well, they didn't have that timing because this was the first inning they've been in there, and yeah, the um, I don't I mean I don't know what was said. You you can't you know there's no audio, so I don't mm-hmm. know if he said anything. But and that's what I and okay. So that now that explanation. Makes much more sense that it kind of I'm on the the side of the catcher because I I thought the same thing like they didn't he wasn't looking at the catcher and the catcher was looking straight ahead and it's like he just put his glove down it wasn't like a move to the side he just like put it down so I I think it was inadvertent but I don't know yeah mm. again I think that goes back to we don't know the rest of the story and at that point right? I'd yell right you suck <laughs> you suck that's where you Pat suck. would be that's where I'd that's be true. so okay so sport by sport first off is there any sport you don't supply officials for I I do not supply officials for wrestling. I do not supply officials for soccer. Um, but in the sports officiating community, if there are wrestling officials, soccer officials, if you contact us, we will get you connected because mm-hmm. um, we all know each other. We all get along, and we, it's a community of sports officials. We need more sports officials. So if we could help each other out, mm-hmm. we'll get you in the right place. 
So you're going to, I got to write down a note here because I got a question I want to ask you, but you just made me think of something else when you said that. How many guys are, guys and gals are you working with right now? And how many do you need? Like, like how many games are you covering? How many officials, you know, what, what does it take? Yeah. So in my local premier sports officials group in Omaha, we have 1000 sports officials. Um, and I would argue we would need about 2000 sports officials uh, wow. to Damn. feel comfortable. Um, and when I say comfortable, there's a lot of sports officials that they just, they have worked their normal job and then they work officiating and, and there's people like me, Oh, come on one more game. Uh, one more day. I, I know you want to see your kids, but these kids need sports officials too. And, and it is, it, it's hard. Um, and then when I branch out to the college stuff, um, I probably have another 500 officials from North Dakota, um, down to Kansas, Missouri, and, and all be in between. Um, so yeah, I supervise about 1500 and we could always use more. You could double it easily, huh? Yep. Yeah. Um, you, is go you, ahead. You, could you kind of consider um, your, the organization kind of like a, almost like a farm team for officials that want to eventually be on the collegiate level, like NCAA and then NFL and whatever? Yeah. Uh, so we have a relationship with the professional umpire school, uh, Wendelstead Umpire School. So if we find an umpire who wants to be, become a professional umpire, we get them trained here and we get them ready for that school. Um, if we have an official who wants to work uh, college, um, I supervise a college conference, and then I work with Division Two supervisors. And then if they want to work Division One, I have a relationship with all the clinics and camps that I recommend to go to because that's how you get hired um, at the Division One levels, going to those camps. But, yeah, it's an inner network of this is our start. You let me know what you want to accomplish, and mm-hmm. then we'll guide you there. How old do you have to be to, to do this? You have to be mature enough to handle – people uh, we have we literally we have some 12 year olds uh, at keystone little league that umpire eight nine ten year olds that's awesome that is awesome yeah i love that that's cool so so if somebody does have a kid that's like really interested in doing this it's like well let's go get it let's yeah, yeah. let's get started right it's definitely a great part-time summer job for a a, a young a young man or woman yeah um, to to come and learn some life skills right you're you're not only gonna you know, hey, you yeah, you can get paid to be out there too, and you get but the life skills I think you learn from conflict management and how to manage other you know and deal with people is 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 um, priceless, priceless, life changing. Yeah, when that, I'm watching I mean, you, seriously, either ba- ba- primarily basketball, but also in football, um, multiple times per game in basketball, I it it amazes me that an official can catch something and make the correct call. Like if you're looking at, and even now with with instant replay, and you go back and you can see the milliseconds or whatever, and it's still the call was correct. You know what? It's like who touched the ball last going out of bounds or whatever. It's just amazing. Or uh, the runner getting to first base, like mm-hmm. when those, those instances are so quick. Like I would be in my head and be like, was it this? Did I really see that? I'd really want to rely on that instant replay. But is, is it the, yeah, I, I think for some of them, it's like instinct almost to a, a learned process. Cause you got, you can't think. Yeah. Right. That's what I was going to say. Is it learn? Like, do you learn and get better at it over time? So what I'll, I'm going to lead this into for Sean, but he, he, he gave me a um, analogy the other day about, getting a guy out at first, you told a coach that you could almost do it a certain way. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. With the play at first base, I could close my eyes cause I hear it. Ah, because you hear the ball hit the leather versus the foot hitting the, the rubber of, right. of, of the bag. Now basketball, I, I don't want to give away too many tips. Um, 
That's why you got to subscribe to the podcast. Layers don't lie. <laughs> so interesting. Me, okay, so meaning what? What does that mean? So you when, can see it written yeah, all over their face. Yeah, when there's a, <laughs> when there's an out of bounds, it, there are literally times I have no idea who went out of bounds on. <laughs> all ten players are walking the other way. Mm-hmm. White. Then you're like, <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, it, um, it, but then the other the other tip is this: is what I learned. From very prominent uh, official here in, in Omaha, Nebraska, that will be working the Final Four, is you have to anticipate the type of play that mm-hmm. you're going to have to call. Don't anticipate the call, but if you anticipate the type of play, you're going to be able to process the information a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. I think if, you know it's it's interesting because it, it really is just as an analogy to life. You learn predictive measures. You learn. You know. It's like if this and this is going on, this is probably what's going to occur and that's how people operate on a day-to-day and don't get hit walking across the street don't get you know like don't fall in a manhole you know what i mean it's like all these things you kind of learn i'm i'm guessing to a degree but that's that heightened sense but just being able to differentiate you know that knowing that it's your hearing that's probably more most important when you're calling that that play on first base right Mm -hmm. some people probably don't even realize but they're able to do it every time but they don't even realize which sense is is honing in right exactly that's so cool. That is cool. All right. Now I want to go back to the to the the tell all stories. So, okay, fans and players. Which sport has the more vocal and sometimes obnoxious fans? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it would have to be basketball because they are right there. All around the court. They are mm-hmm. right there. So you hear everything. Yeah. They're just closer to you. Yeah. And, and <laughs> baseball's baseball's a, uh, up there also, I, I would say, cause they're, again, the proximity to you is a lot closer. Um, but uh, yeah, the basketball, is, I mean, b- baseball, they can spread out a little bit and they can kind of go to the park, you know, see from all over basketball, you're in the gym, you're all right there, right there, loud echo, you know, so that's a, that's and, a tough one. And then with players, there's just so much contact. And imagine your brother and sister, um, my sister Scoop back in the day. <laughs> Who, by the way, I'm just going to throw this in there. Scoop was, she was the inaugural, well, she was first or second, well, she was like our first producer Yeah, right on after, the radio show. Yeah, right after, right she with, was Tommy, with, with Tommy. She was with, like Tommy and mm-hmm. her and Johnny, and yeah. there was like this little crew that we had, but a real name, Catherine. Scoop was Kathy. just always there. Yeah. But Scoop was... Uh, as her, mm-hmm. her, she's now a pharmacy technician or something like, yeah, something nerdy. Um, yeah, but, right? <laughs> but, Fits her well. God bless her. Yes. But, like, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, like basketball, since there's so much contact, it's like poke, 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 <laughs> poke. And then eventually, bam, then there's going to be more contact. And, he touched me first. Yeah, exactly. So, just because there's so much proximity and contact in basketball, you have a lot more reaction from the players. What do you, what do you, what about hockey fans? I do not know much about hockey fans. Um, I know I have some players that I coach, they play hockey as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so you guys don't really get involved in the hockey stuff so much. No. We, okay. Okay. No. no, that's interesting though. The, the baseball or the basketball and the baseball, that makes sense because most of, and, and plus on top of it, everybody in that, probably in that audience, the parents, at least one of their parents played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So they, they have personal experience. Yes, they do. Is, do you guys 
take it off the field with you if you make a bad call. And it, it may be either it, it um, affects the way a kid played or hit the outcome of his, uh, of his game or her game or the overall game. Yeah, I will tell you from personal experience and what I do as, as a supervisor, and I, I call myself a little bit of life coach, when an official makes a mistake, whether it be a rule misapplication or I make a call, I get the video, and the call is completely wrong, and it changes who wins the game. That sports official will not sleep that night. Uh, we we just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we do teach sports officials, like, yes, that one call was a very, very important call, but there was 20 other pitches that were important that you got right. Uh, there was two free throws missed. There was a three-point shot missed. Um, there was an interception that could have been a pick six, and the defender didn't catch that mm-hmm. interception in the first quarter either. Right. So, just the, like a player, just exactly like yeah. a player, like they they need to think about it for a while, maybe yep. for a day, and that for twenty four hours, you just got to let it go. Yep, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Okay, so we're gonna go to this was at the top of the show before we started recording, before we started really diving in here. One question came up, and we wanted to address it. <clears throat> was the Creighton game. And I think Pat, you may have brought that up, right? About the Creighton game and the way that last game ended. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people. Well, Char- are- and Charles Barkley, he's cause I didn't think about it live when it happened. But then when Charles Barkley brought it back up uh, about the, the, the final the, what t- second, two seconds of the game. And that foul mm-hmm. was called on Creighton player and got put the guy in the line, free throw. We win or we lose. And, we lose. and he's like, it's, it's, he was on the mindset you don't make that call at, at that time of the game because you don't have an official decide the outcome mm-hmm. of the game. And the other guy on the on the whatever the bench was the panel. opposite panel. Yeah, the uh, had the opposite opinion. Yeah. What do you guys think? So styles of officiating, right? So first one we always teach: if you're going to call it in the first five seconds, you got to call it in the last five seconds. And then the second thing we teach is: as long as we communicate what the players did, the players decided the game. So I, I think everybody, when they see the video, when they see the hand go on the hip, it turns the shooter, and the ball went to the left exactly how that player was turned. So it was that contact that made it illegal. It impeded and hindered the shot. So if you go with the, the perspective of, I'll make it big and let the players decide the game and not the officials, well, that offensive team is at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to be upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now if you go with what the NCAA keeps on telling officials over and over and over, you, we have to call illegal contact by, by rule. And it was the player that turned the shooter. So we communicated how that player affected the, the game. It was the player who decided the game. Yeah. He decided to put his hand on the hip. And it did. And it, if the other players had made other free throws earlier on in the game, or didn't miss a, a three point or whatever, like when the analogy with the umpire thing too, the same situation. Like it didn't have to come down to that play. Absolutely, the player's fault. It, it actually probably was decided by maybe five or six other plays that happened earlier mm-hmm. that points should have been scored. Yeah, or should not. Right. I mean that that's <laughs> the hard thing is. It's not just that. Oh, it's down to the last play. It's like well, not really, because they had a lot of other opportunities to score some points. But that's the beauty. So, that's the beauty of sport. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it has these conversations. It has the Charles Barkley's conversations, and it's entertainment and it's fun, and that, that's why I love it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so okay, so before we wrap things up today, 
Um, if you want to encourage some people, I, I'm sure you're you're always open to getting more people involved. Um, and and the parents, if you're one of the vocal parents in the stands, by golly, come on down. Let's let's get you signed up. Yep. Visit our website, uh, premiersportsofficials.com. You could visit our YouTube chat channel, Time Out with PSOA, and then obviously the Herd App Media um, with Time Out with PSOA podcast. Um, any Google search, you will find us. Um, and this is nationwide. So if you're living in Colorado, mm-hmm. we know the sports officiates associations in Colorado. If you go to our website, we will get you connected in all 50 states. Exactly. So if you have a an uncle that likes to tell everybody what to do and how to play, sign him up. Doesn't matter if he's in California. <laughs> you probably know some way to get him hooked up. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is, is get involved. Um, and, and really, I mean, parents love to come watch their kids play. But I, I like when parents actually go the next level because it, it does kind of open their eyes. Have you had a parent? Time. Have you had somebody that you said, if you think you can do it better, come, let's go. And they sign up to be an official? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, That's awesome. We, we have a really big handful of baseball umpires when they get done coaching. One, they want to stay involved in the game. And they're like, I've had so many untrained or not that level of umpire. I want to be part of that. So the next generation doesn't have that umpire. That's cool. Good for them. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's yeah, fantastic. The, Guys, thanks so much for, for jumping in and, and telling us more about your podcast and what you do. And so excited to have you guys on the network. Trust me. Yeah. That's, that is fantastic. But I think that you're what you do. Um, a lot of people probably didn't even realize that things were as organized as they are. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, you go to the games, especially kids games. You, you go to one of the younger kids games and you just think somebody volunteered, you know, um, and it's like, no, there's there's some training that goes into it. And and it's pretty organized. So that's really cool. Well, thank you for having us on, on Pat and JT. And uh, hopefully we get to visit again down the future. Absolutely. And I'll put, I'm going to put a link to your guys' podcast in our description so people can go there and subscribe and, mm-hmm. and check it out, especially if they're interested in umpiring or just want to hear a good conversation. Excellent. Yeah, right? Thanks, guys. We appreciate thank it very awesome. much. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. Great review and subscribe to that. Appreciate it. Share with your friends. Hood Media Production.